This week on The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, we are rolling right along in our adventures in Acts with charges against Paul, Paul's defense before Felix, Paul kept in custody, the Jews make their case to Festus, and Paul appeals to Caesar. Join me, Pastor Will Whedon, for The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, your daily 15-minute verse-by-verse Bible study on demand. Listen at thewordendures.org or your favorite podcast provider.
This is the day which the Lord has made. From the rising of the sun to its setting, Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Sanctify us in your truth. From the rising of the sun to its setting, A reading from Ephesians chapters 5 and 6. Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives, as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Slaves, obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling, with a sincere heart, as you would Christ, not by the way of eye service as people pleasers, but as servants of Christ, 
doing the will of God from the heart, rendering service with a good will as to the Lord and not to man, knowing that whatever good anyone does, this he will receive back from the Lord, whether he is a slave or free. Masters, do the same to them, and stop your threatening, knowing that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven, and that there is no partiality with him. This is the word of the Lord. Forever, O Lord, your word is firmly set in the heavens. Lord, I love the habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells. Blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Lord, I love the habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. You shall Catechism recitation on confession. What sins should we confess? Before God, we should be guilty of all sins, even those who are not aware as we do in the Lord's prayer. But before the pastor, we should confess only those sins which we know and feel in our hearts. Which are these? Consider your
In the name of Jesus, amen. Sheer terror and hellish torture. That was Luther's teaching on confession. Medieval confession, that is. Why? Well, he goes on to explain. Such confession placed on the faithful, quote, the heavy burden and torture of having to list all kinds of sins so that no one was ever able to confess perfectly enough. A pastoral crisis. Was it the case that the good Lord actually wished to keep his people squirming all the time? Or was it true what Isaiah said, comfort, comfort my people? And so the fifth chief part hits this head on. What sins should we confess? Answer? Well, before the pastor, confess those that you know, uh, before the pastor, confess those that you know and feel in your heart. But before God, plead yourself guilty of all sins, even those that you can't discern or remember or recall or know. This is because the psalmist must have it right. Who can discern his errors? Indeed, who can? Particularly with a nature as deeply corrupt as your errors or your wanderings away from the Lord. And all of those, those are the ones that you don't know, that you can't discern. And so all you're left with is the ones that you actually can. And those ones that you do know, well, they ought to be good enough to tell you that you are in very hot water with God. They were for the psalmist. He says, declare me innocent of hidden faults. He pleaded that with the Lord. You too, declare yourself guilty of all sins, even those that you are not aware of. Forgive us our trespasses, Heavenly Father. No exceptions there. I, a poor, miserable sinner, confess unto you all my sins and iniquities with which I have ever offended you, we say. Maybe even better, from the right of private confession, I, a poor sinner, plead guilty before God of all sins. I have lived as if God did not matter and as if I mattered most. That pretty much hits it. It's the solipsism of man turned in on himself. God doesn't matter, neither does his law, only you do. And if you don't think that's true, if you don't think that's true, then why in the world do you live a damn the torpedoes full speed ahead life? But just because the enumerations of sins isn't and can't be required. That doesn't mean that the confession of actual sins is forbidden to us. If your confession is true that you are a sinner, sinner is actually an action noun. And that means that you commit sins. You know what? There are probably a few sins actually left nowadays. Things like supporting and voting for the wrong candidate, right or left, 
being on the wrong side of history, as they say, on the LGBTQ plus debate. So watch out. They're issuing scarlet letters aplenty. L's for liberals, F's for fascists, H's for homophobes. They even give out M's for moderates. I even heard that around here, they issue scarlet P's for pietists, for guys who don't like to smoke cigars. But those kinds of sins, well, they're just not so very different from the invented sins of the medieval handbooks for examining the soul. Set an arbitrary bar, and anyone who comes in underneath that bar has, by definition, committed a sin. Even pious Christians can invent sins. In fact, you might excel at it. Chasubles and chanting, anyone? or not. And then there are those big vocation identity sins. You didn't finally study for the ministry even though you thought about it? You went to CUW and didn't get certified as a Lutheran school teacher and then your husband came here to the seminary and you didn't enroll in the deaconess program? Shame on you. That's as dangerous and 2023 as it was in the year 1509, making sins and therefore making sinners where there aren't any. Even worse, what that does is it ignores the real sins and therefore the real sinners where they exist aplenty. That's the ingenuity of Luther's instruction here in the small catechism. Which sins are these that we ought to confess, he says. In other words, Luther's question is, how do I know what is and what isn't a sin? But the godly life is neither established by an arbitrary bar, nor is it, get this, just the same for everybody, so that some people automatically live a holier life than all the rest, as if serving the church were the only way to serve Christ. No, instead, the bar is set by the immutable law of God. Even if at all times it must be this, be imitators of God as beloved children, walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God, even if it's always that, it applies differently to every single Christian. It's always in an infleshed form and shape. The shape for Christ was to be the propitiation for our sins. Ours, ours is to serve our neighbor in our station in life within our vocation. That's our submission to one another out of respect for Christ. It's the hypotaxis that the Lord has stitched right into his creation. So a wife, well, then it's respect for your husband. A husband, then faithful and sacrificial love towards your wife. Child, parental honor. A parent, not abuse and caprice, but nurturing and appropriate discipline and instruction in the Lord. An employee, even a slave, well, obedience is the thing, and from the heart. An employer, 
Well, render good to those below you, even to your slaves. A pastor, proclaim the whole counsel of God, drag yourself out of bed on Sunday morning, whether you like it or not. But that sure doesn't mean that everybody in the world must be a pastor. And hearers, obey the word proclaimed as coming from the mouth of Christ and support the ministry with the means that the Lord has given you. That is, by the way, what we celebrate and honor on Donation Day at our seminary. This group of hearers that you see here today doing exactly what the Lord has given them to do in their vocation. Right now, they're hearing God's word, and with the resources that the Lord has given them, they are supporting the ministry and the ministers of the church. So the question for you as you walk in love is always this question. Draw a circle around yourself that includes everybody that you come into contact with. You ask yourself, what is my relationship to them? And then you say, well, what has God instructed me to do in order to love these people? That is your vocation. That's the locus, the only locus of your good works, impelled by the Spirit, driven by love, and shaped by the Lord's commandments. But here's the deal. If all good works are by definition, worked within and from your vocation, then guess what? All sins that you commit are committed within and against your vocation. You can't point to me one single sin. I challenge you. Find one single sin that is not a vocational sin. The same law that teaches you how to love your neighbor convicts you when you don't. Why? Because lex semper accusat, the law always accuses. Offenses against love about and the breaking of the hypotaxis that the Lord has established for your and your neighbor's good, that's what that's all about. And at the end of the day, all you can do is call it what it is. It's a diabolical work. The stuff of the devil who seeks nothing more than to destroy the good creation of the Lord. The stuff of your old Adam who loves nothing so much as to join in the fun. And it's precisely there, in your vocation. If you forgot somehow that you are a sinner, that you will be reminded plenty. Those become the things that Satan does and actually will use against you. He'll say to you, you did what? How can you possibly call yourself a child of God? But in confession, the good Lord uses even that to your benefit, even Satan's accusation. Unbelief contends against sin on its own, apart from the ministrations of a pastor, apart from the absolving word of God and the absolution won by the Lord Jesus Christ. That truly is sheer terror and hellish torture. Don't leave yourself there. Because that's never what the Lord wished for you, who made himself a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God on your behalf. No, if the righteous must live by faith, it can only be that the righteous by faith 
are the ones who live. And faith lives in no other word than this. Take heart, my son, my daughter. Your sins are forgiven. Amen.
In our prayers, we remember PhD student Sagakun Adugna and his family as they mourn the death of his father-in-law, the Reverend Alemu Sheta. We also give thanks for our seminary guild and the Lutheran Women's Missionary League for their support of the seminary and its students. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the gift of divine peace and of pardon with all our heart and with all our mind, let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy. For the holy Christian church here and scattered throughout the world, and for the proclamation of the gospel and the calling of all to faith, let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy. For this nation, for our cities and communities, and for the common welfare of us all, let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy. For seasonable weather and for the fruitfulness of the earth, let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy. For those who labor, for those whose work is difficult or dangerous, and for all who travel, let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy. For all those in need, for the hungry and homeless, for the widowed and orphaned, and for all those in prison, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the sick and dying, and for all those who care for them, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For comfort and peace for all those who mourn the death of Alemu, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, for the Seminary Guild and the Lutheran Women's Missionary League, that God would continue to grant them joy in their service of Christ and His Kingdom, let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy. Finally, for these and for all our needs of body and soul, let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy. Christ have mercy. Lord have mercy. Almighty God, you exalted your Son to the place of all honor and authority. Enlighten our minds by your Holy Spirit that, confessing Jesus as Lord, we may be led into all truth. Through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Blessed Lord, you have caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning. Grant that we may so hear them, read, mark, learn, and take them to heart that, by the patience and comfort of your holy word, we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever.
Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Almighty and merciful Lord, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, bless and preserve us. Amen.